I'm Dr. Ben Rall. Do you know where the most amazing doctor lives? You may be surprised to learn that it's actually right inside of you. Yet, today's healthcare model is built on a foundation that the greatest doctor instead comes in the form of pills, potions, lotions, even surgery. So listen in, because what if the majority of what you have been told about health and healing is not only wrong, but actually harmful to you? One thing is for sure, when you work with your body and not against it, you'll begin to discover that you are in fact designed to heal. Welcome back to another episode of the Design to Heal podcast. My name is Jeff here with Dr. Ben Rawl. And hey. uh, buddy, like so many times, we've got somebody on the on the horn today, on the phone. Yeah, and, uh, so we're going to go after a, a sacred, uh, what is it, a sacred cow? Or wait, what? We never do that. Come or, on, what is this? Well, this is not a taboo. It's kind of like if you went and asked 100 people, hey, should I eat good, you know, eat better, 95% will raise their hand and say, yeah, I should, I know, I blah, blah, blah. You ask the same While question. While they're eating a candy bar, too, by the way. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know. Should I, you know, should I exercise? Should I exercise more? Is exercise important? Movement, all this kind of stuff you know, again, a hundred people, you know, 90 will raise their hand, 95 will raise their hand. And the reason that bothers me is as a quote doctor and knowing all the implications of that for a person's physiology, you're sitting there talking to somebody, they're having all these health issues. You know, us. we've said this before, probably on this show, if, if the benefits of exercise could be put in a pill, it'd be the best selling pill ever. Oh gosh. Yeah. So sometimes we got to just keep calling out the BS and not let people use excuses yeah. to not do that. So today we have with us Nick Carrier. Nick is a, is a, is a fitness expert and exercise. As a matter of fact, he's, he's going to talk to us about some of the different things that he's done. Matter of fact, he used to coach uh, for, for Orange Theory. And I went to Orange Theory for many years. And one of the things I liked about Orange Theory was, was the coaches. They're kind of these like you know, bad coaches. Okay. Right. They just, they get after you. I remember the first time I went, I was like, wow, this chick just got like out after me. She like called me out on the rowing machine. I'm like, Whoa, are you supposed to be nice to me at five o'clock in the morning? Um, so I just, I just, <laughs> I've I, heard too, like, if you don't show up, don't they like, they charge you or something? Oh yeah. Something, 12 man. bucks they don't if mess you miss the class. <laughs> yeah, and I remember my, my wife would be, I just like, I was worried about my, scared my wife. She's like, <laughs> what's this $12 charge? So I'm not picking on orange theory here, but we have Nick with <laughs> us today. Works, right? yeah. he, he, he's passionate about helping people get results. And mm. so Nick, thank you for being on the show, my friend. Well, thank you guys. I'm really excited to be here, uh, both with you, Dr. Ben and Jeff. I'm looking forward to the conversation and getting people fired up and getting people moving, baby. There we hey, go. Hey, before we get started, Nick, I want to know how many times you were responsible for one of those $12 charges, man. Did you, did, <laughs> do you have, is there a record? Do you like when you guys were doing that back in the day? Oh man, I love bringing those things up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I, as a trainer, I was never the one to uh, specifically do those myself, but I do know that that level of accountability is what a lot of people actually like. So many people would, who are attending classes and were members of Orange Theory would mention like how they were actually really thankful that there was a $12 charge because they would sign up for class and then they wouldn't want to go, but they didn't want to get charged. And yeah. so that accountability actually led them to, to going. And that's just, it speaks volumes to the importance of, having some sort of accountability and having some sort of stakes in the game of showing up. So Nick, let's talk mm. about it. So here we sit. And I mean, I think, and I really want, want your perspective because what you have is as a coach, as a trainer, as a person that's passionate about this, you, you kind of, 
you know the typical pitfalls, right? I mean, even just your response right there, you know the excuses that we will use to say, I can't, right? It's the classic. I don't have the time. I don't have the money. Uh, a lot of times I'll even hear people say, I don't have the energy, which is ironic because that's kind of the thing that gives you that. But so will you just take us through kind of your perspective on on fitness and, and, and just health in general and some of those pitfalls? Um, because even the people listening are probably like, oh man, I know I should, but then it's just like, enter the excuse. So you know, get on your soapbox for a minute, brother, and just tell people kind of your perspective and your background, your story, if you want to, whatever you're comfortable sharing, and we'll dive in. Yeah, for sure. And I appreciate it. I think it's a good place to start because I was very lucky to have grown up where my parents both modeled having healthy habits, especially from a fitness standpoint, not, not necessarily eating super, super healthy when we were younger, healthier than most, but definitely from a fitness standpoint. My dad had me and my older brother down on our living room floor when we were like seven years old doing push-ups together and we would like br bring our sister into it and then we got really into sports and and my brother got really into wrestling and so he started doing some weight training because of that and then i started doing that with him and then i got really into sports and i had a personal trainer and i just had a very fortunate introduction to health and fitness if you will through my family through playing sports and i just fell in love with it and so i think that the reason why I bring that up is because for all those parents that are out there listening is if you want your kids to have healthy habits, you have to be the person to model healthy habits for yourself. I have so many clients of mine who are parents, especially who are moms. And one of their biggest whys, one of their biggest motivations is to be a good positive role model for their kids. And it's like, I work out consistently, probably mainly because I saw my parents working out consistently. And it just became part of our lifestyle. It wasn't, I'm going to work out so that I can look a certain way. I'm not going to work out just to hit a certain weight. It's just like, I'm going to work out just because that's what we do. That's just our lifestyle. That's something that's embedded into who I am. And so I think that's a really big mindset shift that a lot of us need to shift from. A lot of us think we need to work out so that we can look a, a certain way. A lot of us need to work out so we can hit a certain number on the scale, but it's like, no, what if you just worked out? So because you wanted to be a healthy person and that's the, and you wanted to have energy. And so I think that's the first thing that I like to address when it comes to the mindset and the approach Nick, to, don't you think we even look at it a lot of times as like almost a punishment, ironically, right? Like, right. like it's weird. And I, I, you know, and I know this is an extreme example somewhat, but I was, I was listening to a gentleman speak the other night and he had actually was, was healing through cancer. And as he was healing through cancer, he said, you know, sometimes I have this little pity party for myself. And I was like, you know, why this happened to me and yada, yada. And he said, he would just really need to challenge himself and say, Hey, at least I'm alive. And at least I'm, you know, able to move and do these things. And a lot of times I think that we, we just, it's weird how we do this. It's this game we play in our heads, but you know, for most people listening, you've got a body that works pretty good. You got legs and arms that move like you could work out for those people that are listening that can't anymore. or They're, you know, God forbid paralyzed or just some situation like they would do anything to work out. Right. And so it's weird how we'll, we'll complain about the fact that God gave us these amazing bodies. And then we're like, but I don't want to have to use it or move it or, or exercise. And so I think you're right. The, the frame and the mindset, and I know this is a little cliche, but it's not like I have to work out, but the fact that I can is pretty amazing, right? And so not to interrupt there, but I, I think you're right. Thanks for, 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 for bringing that up. No, I think that's a massive thing. So I, every Thursday when I'm coaching my clients, we start off the morning with thankful Thursday. And so everybody has to go around and say one thing they're thankful for. And, and so often, inevitably, at least one person says something with regards to health. 
like I'm thankful that I'm not, I don't have an injury or anymore or something's yeah. not bothering more me or I'm feeling good. And I'm, I'm thankful that I have a body that can move. And I think that is a massive thing to, I'm glad that you interjected because I think that's a massive thing to, to realize is so many people, we just take for granted our ability to move and it's, it's not a punishment. It's really a, a gift that we should really maximize to the fullest. But I think I'll transition to yeah. the, one of the main obstacles or the main excuses, as you said, is the lack of time that people always say. And the first thing that I always address with the lack of time is trying to have people acknowledge and accept the fact that, okay, it's not really a lack of time. It's a lack of priority. And so realizing that everybody has the same number of hours in a day, and there is somebody out there who is 10 times busier than you and is still fi finding the time to get it done. Like I literally went to a wedding a couple weeks ago and I started talking to a couple who's probably lower sixties. And I just started talking to them and they asked me what I did. And I said, I was a fitness trainer. And then he was telling me how he has worked out for 40 plus years and he's always really liked it. And then I was talking to him and I was like, he was talking about his kids. And I said, how many kids do you have? And he was like 11. <laughs> and I was like, Oh my gosh. <laughs> and then he starts telling me that he's a, CEO of a company that has 2000 people in it wow. and they're, they have locations all over the country. And I'm like listening to this guy that has 11 kids is the CEO of a company with 2000 plus employees. And he's been working out for 40 plus years and wow. he doesn't use the excuse of lack of time. So nobody else is the business. Well, if you have 11 time, kids, so. I think you don't need to exercise. You're just running, you're running around after 11 yeah. kids. That takes care of it for you. <laughs> that's, but, that's, but probably, that's probably you, true as well. You said something. I just want to I want to reinforce. When you said it's not lack of time, it's lack of priority. I don't want to um I don't want to I don't want to, you know, I'm not here to offend per se, but that is a really critical point, Nick. I mean, so some of the statistics that I use to challenge myself on is things like this. I think the average, the numbers change, but they keep getting worse. Like the average person is on social media anywhere from four to six hours a day, right? Now, remind yourself yeah. that didn't exist 10 years ago, 12 years ago. So like that has, that has infiltrated your life. It wasn't there before. So that, that time came from somewhere. So there is there is time so you know and i want you to keep talking about this but if you're listening to this and and again i am not downplaying people's lives i take care of the whole spectrum of people in my in my office i know you do as a trainer from just hard working working two jobs blue collar work to ceos like we're all busy i get it right so but you're right it's a priority and and i'll listen to it listen to you guys i'll tell you a lot of times we ignore our health and i'll tell you this and i'm not trying to scare you but if tomorrow you found out you have cancer, tomorrow you find out you have, you know, a serious health crisis in your family, all of a sudden that's going to become a priority. All we're asking you to do is make it a priority now before you have a crisis, right? Before you're, you know, have to lose, you know, 150 pounds or you get diagnosed with diabetes or what, whatever the scenario is. And so this is designed to be an inspiring podcast for you to say, hey, let's not wait and let's let's go after some of those excuses and not just enable you to live a live a lie. Like I don't have time like this, you know, CEO kind of called us out on. Yeah, no doubt. I think we often define ourselves as being healthy, sometimes, sometimes simply off of not being unhealthy or not being like not having a disease or not having anything wrong with us. Or sometimes we define being healthy as just a number on a scale, but those things are just not the truth. Those things are just one small potential marker of whether or not you're healthy. And so oftentimes, like you said, people 
we, we don't exercise because nothing has necessarily gotten the best of us yet. And so we'll, we'll wait until something gets the best of us and, until our, our eyes are lifted and, and mm. realize that we need to exercise. So not waiting until that point is, is super, super critical. But the next thing I'll go to when it comes to exercise is two different things. One is preparation. And then two is having a realistic expectation of the amount of time that you're actually willing to dedicate to exercise. So when it comes to preparation, this is one of the biggest things that holds people back from doing anything that they kind of know that they need to be doing. It's just a lack of preparation. And I think one of the biggest reasons is we oftentimes feel like it's a waste of time to spend the time to decide how we're going to spend our future time, but it's actually the best use of it. So if we can just sit down at the beginning of every single week for five, 10, 15 minutes, however long we need, and identify the chunks of time on, let's just say Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, for 30 minutes that we can exercise on those days, and we block those off on our calendars, then it's far less likely that something else is going to infiltrate those times in our day. And so it's really important to prepare in advance to set yourself up for success so that you're more likely to show up. So preparation is absolutely massive. And then the second thing is having a realistic a realistic expectation of the time frame that you're willing to dedicate to this. You don't have to exercise for any certain amount of time. You shouldn't exercise for any certain amount of time. You should exercise for however long you feel like you're willing and able to commit to it, right? Some people that might be six days a week for an hour. Some people that might be, I'm going to go on six 20 minute walks a week. And so having that honest conversation with yourself about what am I, what am I realistically willing and able to do when it comes to movement, when it comes to exercise is really important. And so when anybody I start coaching, that's one of the first questions that I talk to them about. What is, what have your fitness habits, your movement habits looked like over the last two or three months? And if they say, I've been working out pretty consistently four times a week, but maybe sometimes it's just two or three. I'm like, okay, great. Well, let's try to hit four every single week, or maybe some weeks we, let's hit five and, and let's start there. And then somebody might be coming in. We're like, well, I haven't really been to the gym in, in three months. And so, okay, I'm not going to have them on the same frequency regimen and the same time dedication regimen. I might be like, okay, let's try to work out two times a week or maybe three times a week um, every single week for the next couple of months. And let's really try to build the muscle of showing up for the gym rather than trying to place this unrealistic expectation on ourselves that we're going to show up for this insane amount of time that we haven't even proven to ourselves that we're even anywhere close to that in the past. And so I kind of always run through those three different things with regards to the excuse or the reason of a lack of time is like, it's not a lack of time. It's a lack of priority yeah. Two, preparation is massive. Three, make sure you're realistic. Yeah. with the time frame that you're willing to dedicate it to it. Well, Nick, not only, and I think and you probably would get to this as well, but you know, realistic with the time you're willing to commit. And I would say realistic with expectations regarding the goals of the fitness to start with, right? The goals of the exercise, you know, <clears throat> so many times like in my, in my world of, as, as being a chiropractor, right? I mean, you know, the expectation a lot of times for patients is, you know, they're going to get adjusted and then you know, the pain they've had for 35 years is going to go away and they're going to be jogging out the door. Now, sure, there's amazing op times where that happens, but that more often it's, you know, it takes time and healing and, you know, multiple visits and things like that. So the expectation of the exercise, because I'm sure you've, if you had a nickel for every time you've heard this, right? Uh, but working out more and then I got on the scale, but I didn't lose, you know, as much as I wanted, or I didn't lose this, or I didn't lose that. And so a lot of times my experience on that is we use that as our excuse to quit, right? I tried it. It didn't work. 
that kind of a scenario. And so do you mind kind of talking to us and just kind of fitness 101, Nick? Like what are the different because I, I think there there's still some confusion, you know, like, well, what kind should I do to this? You know, you even use broadened it. You said, hey, I go for a walk and you got marathon trainers and you got, you know, high intensity. You got your, you know, Orange Theory people. You got your CrossFit theory. Can you just kind of give us your philosophy on fitness, kind of the spectrum of it, maybe encourage us, but also give us some some best practices, right? You know, hey, if I'm looking to, you know, lose some weight, what's a good one? And if I'm looking to tone, you know, just give us some of your expertise on some of that. Yeah, so there's a few different things that I want to uh, hit on here. I think one of the biggest mistakes that people make when it comes to setting a fitness goal or maybe having an expectation around fitness is is when they set a fitness goal, they're not doing it because they want to do it. They're just doing it because they've heard somebody else maybe do it before. So greatest mm. a big greatest example is at the beginning of the year. Yeah, right. And oftentimes, you know, people have a New Year's resolution, and oftentimes people's maybe new year's resolution is I'm going to run a 10 K or I'm going to run a five K or I'm going to run a half marathon or I might just, I'm going to run more. And then it gets to the end of January and they tell you, oh, I stopped running cause I just hate running. Oh, yeah. Well, why did you decide to do running in the first place? <laughs> it's like, you're just setting yourself up for failure by doing something that you didn't actually enjoy doing. And the great thing about nowadays is, there are so many different kinds of fitness and kinds of movement, whether it's Pilates, Orange Theory, CrossFit. I mean, yeah. just walking. Uh, there's yoga. There's dance. There's any kind of sport you want. Like, there's so many types of movement. And so the first thing is your fitness goal shouldn't be anything. It should be whatever is something that you would enjoy doing. And so I think it's really important when somebody sets a fitness goal in the first place, to have a conversation with yourself or if you're fortunate enough to be with somebody like a coach, then make sure they're asking you and, and revealing to you what the process to achieving that actually looks like. Because you want to make sure that the process to achieving that is something that you're actually lo looking forward to doing. Mm -hmm. So for example, last year I had like a golf goal for myself and I knew that I was going to go to the driving range mm -hmm. a couple of times a day and play 18 holes one time a week. And I was like fired up because I knew I was going to mm -hmm enjoy the process. But if you have a goal and the process that you're laying out is something that you're not going to stick to, then you've got the wrong goal mm. because we all know that when it comes to making progress or achievement of a fitness goal, the number one thing that keeps people from achieving or making progress is simply adherence. It's simply just a lack of consistency with whatever it is. So that's kind of like the first thing I guess I'll say when it comes to your fitness goal is like, don't, think that just because you see somebody running, that's not what you have to do. Just because you see somebody lifting heavy, that's not what you have to do. Find something that you would enjoy. And I kind of want to touch on something that you addressed before you actually asked the question, yeah. because I think it's just super important. And, and you address the very common occurrence of somebody starting to exercise and they jump on the scale and they're very discouraged yeah. because they didn't see the number on the scale move and, and they feel like what they're doing is not working. And so why even do it in the first place if this thing is not gonna if this thing's not gonna help me? And what I found, and this is not just in fitness, this is every area of our life, is that actions and results are not always closely related in time and space. We're gonna take an action and then oftentimes we expect a result right away, but there's a gap, right? Like with anything, with whether it's your career, you're not going to get a job and start working and 
doing really well in that job in just two months and you're going to expect a raise, you're going to, you're going to, you probably expect that you're going to have to put in the work for a solid six months, sure. 12 months, 18 months, 24 months or whatever it is until you see the result of moving to the next level. We kind of inherently know that in some areas of our life, but for whatever reason, we forget that completely when it comes to fitness or when it comes to weight loss or something like that. And so the thing that really is important that allows people to stay patient with that process and not get super defeated when it comes to results not coming as quickly as you want is the switch of not being outcome focused, but being process focused. And the way that I do that with people is we create a scoreboard and their scoreboard has both weekly goals on it and then daily goals on it. And of course, if somebody has a weight loss goal, then, then we're tracking their weight on a weekly basis as well. But first off, we lay out the expectation that it's not going to happen maybe as quickly as you want it. So that's first thing. Second thing is, yeah, we're going to track that on one time a week, but let's get fulfillment. Let's get gratification from the process, from saying that we're going to work out four times a week and then actually doing it. From saying that we're going to eat five homemade healthy lunches this week and then actually doing it. To say that we're going to drink 64 ounces of water five days a week and then actually doing it. Like, let's get the fulfillment from saying that we're going to do it and then following through, from following through with the promises that we make to ourselves rather than just like putting our whole heart and soul and happiness and fulfillment off of seeing a number on a scale move. You know, so Nick, do you think too, that's, I, I think, yeah, I think that's important. I, I also, um, you know, it's weird because you know, we're, we're, you're changing these habits. And so sometimes, you know, it's a recognizing, and I, I think, you know, just, I'm going to call it self-awareness. Like, Hey, I've been, I've been living out of bounds for a week, a day, a month, a year, a decade, right? I just really haven't paid attention at all to what's going in my mouth or I'm not moving my body. Or sometimes you hear this, right? Uh, like you said, you know, maybe I, I you know, I, I started a family or I started a career and I just kind of, you know, I went to college or something, you know, COVID happened, these kinds of things. And people either, you know, stopped doing stuff, got out of a habit. So sometimes it's just being, being honest with yourself. But back to your earlier point about finding something that you do like to do. So sometimes people ask me, Hey, like, well, what should I eat? What's, what's to eat healthy? And I'm like, a lot of times I'll ask them like, well, what do you like to eat? That's kind of healthy, right? Like if you don't yeah, like, right. if you don't like salads, like don't start eating salads, like start, you know, with soup or with, I don't know, whatever. Let's, you know, if you like smoothies, let's find another way to do it. Same thing with fitness. I think, as you mentioned earlier, like, like, you know, I've got a son that really loves basketball right now. Like, like that, you know, playing, man, I ripped my Achilles playing basketball with my son actually last summer. So like you can get a good workout playing basketball. Right. So that's, that's oh, yeah. exercise, you know, or, and so, and, and like you said, even like com camaraderie, like I'm in my little 5am group at, at orange theory, like eventually, you know, you got your little team going or it, and like, now I don't want everybody to think they have to have a, a trainer. I know you have a program. We'll talk about it. And our office offers programs too. But I do want people because that's another excuse, and then I want to jump into some of the the, the functionals of, of fitness. But like I would also tell people, one of the great things about exercise is you can really do it for free, right? I mean, yeah, if they need you for accountability, yeah. they need they need a tribe, and they want to join you or our office, awesome. Like that's awesome. But don't let that be your excuse as well. We live in a day and age where there's a lot of great information out there, and a lot of it's free, right? So if you want workouts oh, yeah. and you want ideas, like there's a plethora of that out there. So maybe maybe that's the last sacred cow. If you want to talk about the money part, Nick, and then we'll and then we'll dive into some actual you know fitness kind of concepts. Yeah, for sure. I think the money part is massive. And I think one of the biggest, I think it's probably just a quote that I heard, or at least maybe a piece of advice that I heard when it comes to 
kind of anything that is a risk or you're going out on a limb to maybe start is sometimes we only think about the risk of doing something and we don't think that the risk of not doing something. So for example, it's like at the beginning of this year, I was running my business on the side of doing some other part-time jobs. And one of the things of my biggest motivators to leave my other part-time jobs and do my own business full-time is like, I know that I would regret if I just have this thing Mm. for another couple of years. And so Yes, it's scary to go off on my own and do my own thing, but I thought about what what am I risking if I just stay in the in this kind of like middle land of doing yeah. both at the same time and like that almost that that almost created more fear and more potential for regret than if I went out on my own and and things didn't work out. And so same thing with your with your health and fitness is you think of oftentimes what if I do this thing in it? and it hurts and it's just tough and it costs me this money. Like, what if you don't do this thing? Like, what if you don't do this thing? What if you don't do this thing? And and 10 years down the road, you wake up and you're 40 pounds overweight and and you're not able to run around with your kids or you're not able to coach your son's team or do whatever it is that you want to do. Like think about the risks of not doing something rather than maybe just the potential short-term pain or, or, or discomfort of doing it. And then I think the last thing that I'll, say with that as well, and kind of another mindset shift again is, or actually two different things. First is the mindset shift of, it's not an expense and it's investment. It's an investment in the future version of yourself, the future version of yourself that will be better off 10 times better because of the investment that you made today. And so it's an investment, not an expense is absolutely critical. And now I'm, I'm probably will come back to the, the third one. Uh, what was I going to say? I think it's important, but we talked about earlier, right, with, with, with Orange Theory, and again, we're just using that as an example, but, you know, you have to decide what, what accountability looks like in your life. So sometimes a pain point for people is finances, right? Um, you know, they, right. they say, hey, I need to commit to, you know, I, I don't need the personal trainer. I just need to pay somebody so I know I'll show up because I, I value, you know, money. Sometimes it's a time issue for people. So they invest in a home gym so they can have it there or, or whatever it is, or they really love, you know, Peloton. I don't, it doesn't matter. Find that thing. But but it, it, I, I know for myself, generally speaking, and just human nature, you know, we, we often move, you know, more, we move away from pain more than we move towards, you know, pleasure. It's just human nature. And so you got to oftentimes put some sort of pain in your life. Now that pain can happen because you're sick and diseased and you, you know, you can't fit in your clothes anymore. That's pain. Or it can be, you know, um, you know, one that you artificially kind of create, meaning an accountability partner or, or something like that. So, you know, this is, although, you know, of course, everybody listening to this knows that exercise and fitness and movement's important. The next question, the questions we're talking about right now is then why aren't we doing it? Right. And so hopefully some of what Nick's sharing is, is helping you go, God, I never thought about that. Right. And sometimes it can be as easy as that, not as easy, but like that, that frame, that reference change, right. Um, where you go, yeah, you know what? Dang it, I do need to do that as an investment. I've seen it as this and that. So thank you for kind of walking us through some of those, Nick. So let's talk about fitness. Let's talk about exercise, kind of like, you know, aerobic, anaerobic, like what works, what doesn't, what are some myths, some gifts, some, you know, some tips, and maybe I want to lose fat, I want to gain muscle. Just just take us through some of the kind of classic stuff that you, you often hear about. Yeah, so I'll take you through a handful of, like what the different things are that you actually have the ability to improve. 
when it comes to fitness, because I think there's still a little bit of a little confusion and overlap around the conversation when it comes to this. So there are a few different adaptations or improvements that you can have when it comes to fitness is simply like technique and form and skill that kind of like all wrote that into one. A second one is improving your overall strength. And so when we talk about improving your overall strength, that it, it means that your muscles are able to do, produce more force. Then the next one is what's called hypertrophy or mu- improving your muscle or increasing your muscle size. And strength and hypertrophy, oftentimes people don't realize that they're different, but strength is literally your muscle's ability to produce more force. Hypertrophy is your muscle actually getting bigger. Then when it comes to another one, it's called muscular endurance. And so again, muscular endurance is different from strength. It's different from hypertrophy. Muscular endurance is your body's ability to essentially continue to work and fight off fatigue for a longer period of time than you would otherwise be able to do so. Another one is anaerobic capacity. And this is essentially your your ability to push really hard for a pretty short period of time. Now, this would be something like a, a, like a one minute sprint and, and how far can you go in a minute? And then another one is just overall speed. And so speed is something like how fast can you go in 10 seconds or how far can you go in 10 seconds? Think like a 100 meter dash. So speed is something that you can improve on. Power is something that you can improve upon. Powers, think, think like a vertical jump or think like a broad jump. Think an explosive movement and, and how fast can you be explosive? And then a last one would be like long duration cardio. How, okay. how, can, how long can you run without stopping? Or how long can you swim without stopping? How long can you bike without stopping? And so all of these are like se- separate categories of fitness improvements, if you will, that have unique approaches to hit every single one of them. Nick, can, and I, then can I stop the you there? Thing, oh, sorry. Well, I just, yeah, for sure. Because I think this is interesting. I just, this listening to you, I think it's encouraging because. Um, depending on, on where you're at in your in, in your life. So I know, for example, in, in taking care of patients, people that lose um, you know, uh, lower, lower strength and balance and they're more prone to a fall and then they're more prone to a fracture of their hip. And then that's, you know, the outcomes of that within a year and dying within a year are very high. And that could, you know, a lot of that could be dealt with with by, you know, squats and strengthening, right? You know, but I mean my point mm-hmm. in this is as as you were listening to Nick just talk through that, you might go, so like I'm with patients all day, so it's very physical for me. I'm, I'm leaning and bending over people. I need endurance and I need flexibility and I need, you know, uh, be able to go long, long time for that. Now, if I was, and I remember I had a friend of mine, he was a, at one point, he was a, a Mr. America. And so he's, I mean, he's a full blown like bodybuilder and we would, we would work out with him sometimes. And it was funny because he could, you know, do certain movements, but like when we had to go on a run, we would run like three miles the guy couldn't do it, right? Because all he did was spend yeah. all his time doing that. And so I bring this up. You might just, it might be helpful for you as your first listening. Go, you know what? I don't know. I don't really care about building a big muscle butt right now. But man, if I could have endurance so at the end of the day, I can still be a good mom or dad or I'm not so exhausted. And so I just think that's all those breakdowns kind of just open my eyes to saying, you know what? Maybe you want to, and I know you're going to give us some tips on different ones and ones that include all of these, but I just think that's interesting to, to think about, because sometimes we just think about, like you said, we just think about fitness as like losing weight, right? Or, or something like that. And it's yeah. like, man, look at the big, just the, the, the spectrum here. And you might say, I don't care about losing weight, but I just want to have, you know, strength to get up and down from my chair or my bed. I mean, especially as people start to age and they start to lose their, you know, with muscle atrophy and other things, it's like so much of that could be prevented 
almost entirely. So not to interrupt you there, but thank you for kind of showing us all those different different areas. Yeah, of course. And I think that you've hit it right on the head, right? There's not like you almost want to everybody should almost to a certain extent want to be able to hit a certain baseline of proficiency in each of these because each of these will have will play a certain role in all of our lives. Some people will need more strength than others, mm -hmm. but everybody needs a certain level of strength. Some people will need more endurance than others, but some people will need a certain level of endurance. Some people uh, will need more longer duration cardio than others, but everybody needs a certain level of that, right? So like achieving a certain level of proficiency in all of them is important, but then if you want to take one to the next level, then you can focus on, on that one. It doesn't necessarily mean all of them need to be the next level, and you can pick the one that is most applicable to your life, your lifestyle, your desires and then also what you enjoy to do so i'll say that first and the next thing i want to say because you mentioned you know if somebody falls and yeah. hurts their hip for example i heard an interesting stat from a guy named dr andy galpin who's a professor um, of physiology at cal state fullerton and he talked about this stat that most of us have heard of how we lose about one to two percent of our muscle mass as we get older as we age from like year to year i forget exactly the time yeah, frame but let's say it's, over it's 40 or something yeah one percent a year yeah over yeah. 40 let's say let's say it's over and it might again my facts my yeah. facts might be a little bit off but let's say it's over 40 every year you lose one to two percent muscle mass what's a what's even a bigger uh loss is you lose two to three percent of your strength and an even a bigger loss is use three to 5% of your power. And the reason this is really important is, well, one, it's important to acknowledge that what they found is the reason for the loss in muscle mass, strength, and power is not actually a factor of age. It's a factor of not doing. Mm -hmm. And so we don't necessarily lose muscle mass just because we're at a certain biological time. It's because we're not using those muscles and pushing those muscles as much as we had been in the past. Nick, Same super, thing with like, strength. We're that not is up. so important. I mean, like if, if some people only hear this today, I think it is a great example of how we, we pervert statistics in a sense to justify us not doing something. Uh, my, you know, co-host Jeff on here, he's in uh he's marriage counseling. That's part of what he does. And so a lot of times you'll hear these statistics, you know, oh, half, half marriages end in divorce or something like this. And then we just, we just like act like, well, I guess I'm, I'm screwed. That's, that's all it was. So you hear a stat like, well, you know, over 40, you lose 1%. No, 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 no. You lose it if you don't do anything, okay? Like, it's really important caveats because if you're listening to this, then that sounds terrible, right? Well, I don't know. This sucks. I'm 40 now. I'm 44. So in real life, I'm 44. And I go, if I was just going to, like, chalk it up, but but there was a great book I've talked about before. It's called Younger Next Year, and it was written by this medical doctor. And his point was, you know, you can be physiologically younger next year. So I, I think put words in your mouth here, Nick, but... You can you can actually gain strength. You know, I can get I can be stronger oh, yeah. next year than not. So please, if you're listening to this, do not fall for a lot of these kind of just victim mindsets that are introduced by culture that say, well, you know, it's downhill from here. There's nothing I can do. If you believe it's the old uh, Henry Ford, if you believe you can or you believe you can't, you're right. Okay. So didn't mean to just like, yeah. you know, beat that up, but that's a really important point because people will just say, well, then it doesn't matter what I do. And that's just nothing further from the truth. No, no, I'm a hundred percent. We, we definitely use age as a convenient excuse for why we're not all that we could be or why we're not where we 
used to be when it's really just that it's really just an excuse and it's it's easy to to let that get the best of you but it takes resilience and it takes determination to make sure that you're not using that as an excuse and, and one like one thing i'll say just real briefly when it comes to the power loss of, of like three to five percent annually after you turn 40 is so many people when it comes to their training let's say if they're over that age and like my parents in particular i'll use them as an example actually like they play pickleball every single or not every single day but very often during the week and they they're very active and and so they're doing quick agility Mm -hmm. on the on the pickleball court on a regular basis so they're kind of doing a little bit of speed a little bit of power and and so when it comes to their exercise they might do something so they just think like oh i don't really need to do athletic work anymore i don't really need to do jumping work anymore because i'm I'm at a certain age when it's like well hang on like let's talk about the things that you want to actually do if you want to play pickleball if you want to run around if you want to be able to catch yourself when you fall Mm. then doing these agility type things and doing a little bit of jumping is actually really important because one of the things that this, this same doctor pointed out is doing something like a broad jump and being able to get to a certain distance or doing something like a box jump is a very good determinant of over whether or not you're going to be able to catch yourself if you fall. Mm. And so that's, it's just, I wanted to bring up that little yeah, thing too, because call, I thought that was really important and I when I heard it. I don't know if you love the term, Nick, or where you're at with it, but you know, you hear this term functional fitness and I, and I like it. I mean, mm-hmm. cause I, what we're talking about somewhere is, Hey, like, listen, take out the whole, you know, aesthetics of fitness and biceps and six packs, which is fine. And now it's, does it allow me to, to, to do my life that on my day-to-day basis, carry groceries to the car, hold my kids, get on the floor, you know, do all that kind of stuff. Or am, am I finding myself? So if you're listening to this and, and, and if you're saying to yourself that you say these kinds of excuses, you know, oh man, I can't do that. Oh, I'm too old for that. Oh, I can't. You know, whatever that is, even I was just, I was thinking about you. I remember my old CrossFit days and I box jumping and, you know, ripping open my, my, uh, shin, you know, right. Missing the box. Yeah. Right. And I was, I was just thinking to myself, I'm like, man, I wonder if I could, as I listen to you saying, I'm like, I wonder if I could still do that box. And I'm just thinking about, it's weird how we just start to make these excuses. And I'm talking to myself about this, Nick, like, oh, I don't know if I could still like box jump. I'm 44. You know, that'd be crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then you go meet, you know, a 55 year old, you know, the master, you know, do whatever. Again, I'm not using CrossFit as what you have to do. I just mean as examples of this. So Nick, will you take us through some basic fitness protocols? Like even you just saying like jumping made me think about like, huh? Because so many times, what do we think exercise is? I'm just using a typical example. I go to the gym, I run on the treadmill, I maybe do some free weights, maybe hit a couple Nautiluses, you know, and I go home. I maybe break a sweat, hit the sun in the hot tub. And I'm generalizing here, okay? But like, will you will you help us kind of see fitness a little different? And what are some great movements that maybe do affect some of those things? Like you said, hey, box jumping, that's good for this, or, you know, that kind of thing. Just take us through some some basic protocols that anybody could do. Yeah, I think the way that I'll start sure. a- addressing this is, again, by kind of thinking about the different improvements or adaptations that I mentioned in the first place of tech, something like technique, strength, power, hypertrophy, long duration cardio, anaerobic fitness, aerobic fitness. And again, just kind of like identifying which of these am I just worse in? Which of these do I have very little proficiency in? 
and then you can create a little bit of a game plan to improve on that because I really do think it's important. And, and I've, I've always prided myself on being a pretty well-rounded person. Like I'm definitely not the strongest person, but I'm pretty strong. I'm definitely not the fastest person, but I'm pretty fast. And having that breadth of proficiency has allowed me to do so many different things and find enjoyment in so many different things. And so I think I'll start off by just kind of like laying that foundation. You can identify some of your biggest weaknesses right now and look to potentially satisfy that weakness or get to a certain level of proficiency where you're a little bit more satisfied. Then when it comes to the like muscle, if you will, because a lot of those improvements are not really muscular, right? We think strength we think hypertrophy, we think muscular endurance, we think those are kind of like a little bit more muscular adaptations. And so when it comes to that, it's basic exercises. You think I always break it in upper body and lower body, and then obviously there's core as well. And so everybody should be doing a little bit of upper body strength and lower body strength. And when it comes to basic movements, you want to think having a primary upper body pushing movement that you're doing at least once if not twice a week. And this can be the classic bench press. It can be barbell or it can be dumbbell. It can be an overhead press. It can be an overhead press can be barbell. It can be dumbbell. Um, and then when you think about an upper body pull, you think something classic like a bent over row, you could do pull-ups if you have the ability to do that, or if not assisted pull-ups. So having a compound movement like that, where you're working a lot of different muscle groups and it's placing a big demand on your body can be really powerful. And then when it comes to a lower body movement, Again, like you already mentioned, doing something like squats for a lower body pushing movement, doing something like a classic deadlift for a lower body movement, or using machines like a hamstring curl or a leg extension. These are all great movements to work the major muscle groups that all of us are using on a regular basis. And again, if you're not great at squats, go to the gym and just work on your technique on those things and just do body weight squats for a little bit. So meet yourself where you're at when it comes to a lot of the different exercises that I'm addressing. Um, and then how you perform those exercises can often dictate the adaptation that you're going to have. So if you're looking to improve strength, generally speaking, you want lower reps with heavier weight and higher rest time. When it comes to hypertrophy, you're definitely going to have a little bit more volume than that. You're going to be having middle of the middle of the road rep counts. I mean, it could be anywhere from four to 30 really, but think middle of the road type rep counts, maybe eight to 15 more traditionally with middle of the road rest time. And then when it comes to muscular endurance, then you want a lot higher reps and, and maybe a little bit lower rest time. And so I'll kind of stop there and see what kind of maybe further questions or anything like that, that you yeah. might have. I'm not sure no, so, how specific you want to get. So that's good. And I think, you know, you talked to, I, you know, I think some of what you're referencing was like, you know, body weight exercises. So again, this is stuff that can be done. I mean, I know you joked about, joked about it. You, you know, talked earlier about, you know, doing pushups on the floor with your dad, right? I mean, these, this yeah. doesn't have to require a lot of, a lot of uh, uh, money, right? You know, you can get certain things with just resistance bands that are pretty cheap and, uh, you know, at your own house using body weight exercises. I mean, you can do, you know, for some people starting this, just doing literally doing air squats or, you know, morning glory exercises or just, just body oh, yeah. weight stuff is a great way to start. If you don't, you know, if you don't think that that, that, that can work, go do a hundred, you know, morning glories. And then, uh, you know, in the morning when you can't walk, right? Or you can't, you know, you do push-ups for a day and you can't wash your hair in the morning because you can't touch your head, you know. So, so don't. A lot of us just aren't even doing that. So, I, Nick, I, I'm, you know, that's a good. I like that 
understanding what are some of the agility ones. I think that's kind of interesting. I, I was as I was listening to talk to us about some of the agility stuff, the jumping and and you know the speed, kind of those kinds of things. What what are some thoughts there that people could be doing? Yeah, I think it's it's a really good question. I mean, you can think about the traditional ladder drills that anybody would do. You know, a ladder where there's a bunch of st- uh, squares aligned in a row and doing one foot at a time, short and quick in, in those. And but more than anything, I want people to think about how what they're doing and and what they're like how to mimic the goal that they are that they have and then implement that into training. So for example, if my parents are playing pickleball a lot, then what are they doing? They're often running forward really quick quick and then they're having to decelerate and stop and then backpedal and then they're having to maybe side shuffle a little bit side to side and they're gonna have have to have good hand eye coordination as well. And so there's maybe a little bit of that in, in their workout routine. And so try to mimic what you do in your routine to what you're asking your body to do outside of it. So it could be anything. It could be my parent. If you're playing, if you play pickleball, I know it's so massive nowadays, or if you're yeah. playing basketball, maybe it's going to a pickleball court, or maybe it's going to a basketball court and just mimicking the different movement patterns that you would be doing. Maybe it's like starting at the back line and, and running to the, the front line where the kitchen is and then backpedaling and then running it to the corner and then sh- side shuffling it can be, super simple and you can get creative with it and you can have fun with it. And maybe you pick up a tennis ball or you you can do whatever you want. I think the main thing that I want to get across is implement something in your routine that allows you to do what you want to do outside of it. Okay. Let me ask you something. I want to, these last, these last minutes as we're, as we're winding down, it's been fun to, to pick your brain and listen and I'll make sure at the end, we'll let people know how they can follow you and, and, and take advantage of your programs and, and learn more from you. However, I think it would be good for us to touch just a couple of things. One would be, you know, there's there's benefits outside of everything we just talked about, right? Muscle strength and endurance, like the benefits to exercise that in, that improve mood, that improve energy, that improve mm. detoxification, that, you know, improve immune system, that improve, you know, um, I mean, there's studies that show it helps fight cancer, oxygenation of tissues. I mean... The, you know, toning, I mean, uh, digestive health, like there's so many things. So if you're, if you're listening to this and you're like, well, listen, I don't really care about exercise. No, you might not care about quote exercise or fitness, but I bet you do care about some of these symptoms and diseases that high blood pressure, you know, these other issues. And so, you know, do you, I mean, do you just have a, 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 a little bit that you would want to say about, I call them the, maybe the, the ancillary benefits of fitness or really maybe the other way of saying it, those are actually the real benefits of it. The other ones are, you might, you know, lose some weight and, 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 you know, look better in your swimsuit. But I mean, there's all these, uh, there's this whole spectrum of benefits to fitness, movement, exercise, whatever word you want to use. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that the main thought that I would share is that so many people think we are just doomed to whatever happened to our parents or what happened to our grandparents. And if you still believe that it's mainly because you, you haven't questioned it enough and you haven't really looked into it enough because there's just so much evidence that our DNA is just the thing that oftentimes can, well, what's the quote? It's like, it's, it's a, it's a loaded gun, but you're the one who pulls the trigger. Yeah. Right. Like, sure. You, you have, certain maybe predispositions that sure. you're more apt to, but it's still your behaviors that are going to dictate whether or not those genes are, are actually turned on. And so taking ownership and responsibility that like I can actually largely influence 
the outcomes of my health and the outcomes of, of how I live when I get older in age. Like I know for me personally, I know that, you know, certain diseases and certain stuff like that you can't control. And it's just a matter of luck or bad fortune or, or, or what have you. But I know that I try to keep top of mind on a regular basis. Like if I get a disease or something like that, I want to, I, I want to know that it was not my fault. Mm-hmm. I want to know that it was simply by chance. I want to know that it wasn't because I didn't exercise. I want to know it wasn't because I didn't care about what went in my mouth. I want to know it wasn't because I didn't drink water. I didn't get enough sunlight. I didn't spend enough time outside. I didn't have meaningful relationships. I want to know that it was just something that happened by chance. Because if I found out that it was something that I did and I'm responsible for, then that would be a lot heavier, heavier of a burden to have to carry on my shoulders. So yeah. uh, I kind of will start off by saying that is like, realize that you can take so much responsibility and ownership over the influence that you have the ability to have over your long-term health. And, and, and oftentimes, you know, maybe it's, there's, I feel like debate around if it's how much you can influence your lifespan itself. I do sure. believe you probably can, but then the other term that often people use is health span. You know, there's p- Two different people can die at age 70, right. but one person can die at age 70. In the last 10 years of their life, they weren't able to move, and it was kind of a miserable 10 years. Right. Or maybe you die at age 70, and like those last 10 years were amazing and the best 10 years of your life. And so that's kind of the idea is can you live as long as you can being able to do everything that you want to do? Yeah. I remember, you know, and this is, I made me think about it as you were talking. You know, a lot of people are worried about things like like dementia or Alzheimer's. And I would tell you, man, if there was, if there was you know... I mean, between, you know, good nutrition and good movement, I mean, it is, you know, there's a a study by Dr. Uh, Roger Sperry. He was, uh, he's actually a Nobel Prize winner, and he actually talks about motion of the body, particularly the spine, is like 90% of the nutrition to the brain. Like, we have to move. And so if you're if you're sitting here, and by the way, the sooner the better. The old, you know, best time to plant a tree 20 years ago, the next best time is today. So like if you're a person listening to this, you're like, man, I'm worried about dementia or I'm worried about that. I'm telling you, a lot of this is, there's a lot of factors, but one of them is because we live these sedentary lifestyles. We're staring at screens all day long. We're not moving our body. If you're worried about that, you need to move. You need to move your body to keep your brain alive and keep your brain working. And so sometimes we have to take this, you know, outside of like, listen, none of us, you know, probably not my, my swimsuit model career is probably over, but I don't want to have Alzheimer's, right? I don't want to have dementia. And so it does matter what I eat. It does matter how I move. And, um, and I think it's just so, it's just, it's just so important. Nick, what will you tell us about, you know, your program and how they can follow you and, you know, your website so they can, you know, just keep learning from you. I mean, I think you have a great way of, of just articulating this that helps, you know, us see it differently. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how to stay in touch with you. Well, yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah, my, I have a program that's called the 10 week transformation and the reason why I created it and the framework that was, cr- that I created that basically is to solve the problem that I basically know what I'm supposed to be doing, but I'm just not doing it. Mm-hmm. And it's the lack of follow through. And so we have a very a five step framework that helps people to set a specific goal and know that why that is their goal and why it's important to them. And then we set weekly goals and then we put all of that on the scoreboard and then we have accountability sessions on a regular basis. And, and there's so many different things that are formulated into this program that maximizes 
the likelihood that people are going to follow through with the promises that they make to themselves. They're going to exercise the amount they need to exercise. They're going to eat what they need to eat. They're going to drink the water that they need to drink, so on and so forth. And so uh, if you have any interest in it, you can go to my website at nickcarrier.com. But I also am on Instagram at carrier underscore best you. And I also have my own show called the best you podcast as well, but I appreciate the the opportunity to share. And Nick, the way you spell your last name so they they can find you is C A R R I E R. Correct. Yep. C A R R I E R. You got it. All right. Well, Nick, you know, I'm, I'm, I always love people that are, that are passionate and, you know, we all have our different passions. Um, however, sometimes I think like you said it earlier, like we all need to have in order to pull off most of those passions though, we have to have a foundation of of function, right? I mean, if I'm miserable yeah. at home because I feel like you know garbage all the time, then I'm likely not able to really reach that purpose that God may may have for me. And so, this mm-hmm. is about fitness, but it's really about you know what <laughs> Jeremiah twenty nine eleven, the plans and purposes that God has for you. And so, you mm-hmm. know, find something in here to anchor to if you're listening to this, right? Don't. You know, I don't know what is your mo- your motivating factor at, at at twenty might be different at thirty might be different at fifty might be different at seventy. Latch on to something. Find an area of focus. You know, pickleball has about taken over the world. I laugh about pickleball sometimes because yeah. everybody's doing pickleball. But as much as I tease about it, it's awesome, right? Because it's people moving, it's people having community, it's people having fun. It's gotten a lot of people off the couch, out of the chairs, staring at the TV all day long into something that is that is good for them, and so you know, find your fitness, find, you know, and if you need a coach, you know, get a hold of Dr. You know, of, of Nick, get a hold of us, get a hold of our office, find somebody you like. I don't care who it is, right? Find somebody to follow, find somebody to train with, you know, do something not just for, you know, the scale, like you said, but for, for your, your overall health and well-being. So I'll give you final word here, Nick, and, um, and then we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, I appreciate it. I think, you nailed it on the head. Finding your why behind your fitness is so, so massive. And when I first heard that phrase, find your why, why I thought it was just this kind of like soft and kind yeah. of cloudy, like, you know, this topic that wasn't really that important, but the more and more that I coach people, the more and more practical and the more and more important it is to lasting success and consistency with your health and fitness. And so the way that I, would encourage you to find your why is by asking yourself three different things. One, what am I trying to avoid? What are the results that I don't want for myself? And like almost get a clear picture of what could happen if your bad habits get the best of you, because that gives you something to run away from. And then two, ask yourself, who do I want to become? What's the ideal vision of my future self? What is that person able to do? How does that person feel? And then thirdly, because that gives you something to run towards. And then thirdly, ask yourself, who am I doing this for? Ask yourself, if I improve in my health and fitness, of course it's going to make my life better, but how else, who else is it going to positively impact in my life? And if you can have uh, something to run away from, something to run towards and someone to do it for, then it can be massively motivational and something that really keeps you consistent on a regular basis. And as I said earlier, the number one thing that holds anybody back from feeling the way they want to feel or achieving any kind of goal in fitness is adherence. And so we've got to find a way to stick consistent and having that strong why really allows you to not just get started, but keep you going when what you started gets tough. Nick, I love it. And you made me, you reminded me of one last thought. I remember 
here's what I would tell somebody. If you're listening to this and if you're if you're a person of faith, remember this, right? God created us and he designed us. Matter of fact, it says that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. Actually caring for yourself and exercising and fitness can even be a form of worship. It can, and what I mean by that is not self-worship. I mean, it's a form of saying, thank you for this body that you gave me, right? And it can really be. And so sometimes we, you, when you said uh, somebody to do it for, it, it triggered that. It reminded me, Nick, that, you know, you might say, well, I don't, I'm not married. I don't have any kids. I don't know. If, if you're a person of faith, you could actually even say that I'm, I'm doing this for God. I'm doing this as a way of honoring that. And so if you were listening to this, you're going, hey, man, that's great. That's great. But sometimes, you know, we won't even do it for ourselves, but it is really important that you find somebody to do it for. And I would just say you might not have thought about maybe actually even doing it for the one that made you and doing it for God. So, Nick, we're so thankful to have you on. I'm thankful for the work that you do. Uh, good luck to you, of course, all the people that you're taking care of up there in Nashville. And if you're listening to this, go jump on and follow Nick, learn from Nick. And uh, just best of luck to everybody that's listening. And thank you, my friend. Dr. Ben, I appreciate it, man. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to support the show, give us a five-star review and share it with your tribe. To learn more about Dr. Ben's work, visit AchieveWellness.clinic.